0: the Extra Yard with Augustina. It's been two months now, uh, but we are back just in time to talk about the last couple weeks of the NFL season the playoffs really all the good stuff and this week I'm super excited because we have a first-time guest I'm actually really surprised that you haven't been on the podcast before Uh, but we have Tej Seth joining me just in time to preview the Lions Seahawks (laughs) matchup. No we're not actually going to talk about that Um, but Tej is a junior at the University of Michigan studying information analysis and is a research and development intern at pro football focus some people might remember Connor bringing him up earlier in the season as like the GOAT PFF intern but Tej you were also referred to as some other things on this podcast I don't know do you want to go ahead and plug those while we're you know talking
1: (laughs) Uh, I've been referred to as an Addison Ray simp by multiple people on this podcast actually (laughs) before so I had to come on today to uh, clear my name and show that although I am an Addison Ray simp I'm also more than that too so I can talk about other stuff you know expand my boundaries a little bit so yeah thanks for having me on today.
0: (laughs) So actually before we started recording I think everyone should know that I told Tej we should try to go the whole podcast without talking about Addison Ray, and then he was like no actually I'm gonna bring her up within the first minute. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. A minute in and her name has already been mentioned but going from here on out we'll see if it can last the whole podcast um <coughs> so we're going into week 17 of the NFL season and for me it feels like we're still on week like seven because I haven't been podcasting the whole season <coughs> also I'm super sick Just an FYI. Um, But there's some great games on this weekend. Kind of sad because we're not going to talk about them. (laughs) Maybe if there's some time left at the end, we'll talk about them. Really, what I would love to talk about with you on this episode is kind of just the quarterback play we've seen this whole season. Uh, This is something that I think the eye test has really shown us, really just the watching, right? Mm -hmm. It's some of the most mediocre quarterback play. I mean, I've seen of recently, I'm sure maybe you would agree, um, mm. but earlier this week you tweeted about it. So I'm ho- guessing you agree. <laughs> yeah. You tweeted that the numbers actually kind of back it up too, All right. So for reference, uh, Tej tweeted, uh, Twitter, Tage Football Analytics, FB, don't actually spell all of football. Anyways, great content there. That's where I find a lot of my information that I love to talk about. So there's that, uh, but Gosh, what was it like since 2015, there had been at least like at least four quarterbacks with a QBR of 70 plus. And then this season, there is a big fat goose egg zero. So let's kind of just dive into this topic a little bit. First, I want to know what do you think is kind of contributing to this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've thought about this a lot uh, this season because, you know, like the main reason I really like the NFL is because like I really appreciate good quarterback play. And like you mentioned, it's been a lot of mediocre quarterback play this season. Um, and I think the main reason for that is a couple of things. So like last year, we had, uh, you know, a, a lot of good quarterback play that was enjoyable. And then we lost three of those guys this offseason. You know, the Houston Texans quarterback uh, is sitting out this season, and he was playing at a really high level last year. And then Drew Brees and, um, and Philip Rivers were both playing at a pretty high level last year also, and they retired. This season. So they're not playing. And then we have the combination of all the rookie quarterbacks playing, um, you know, with Davis Mills, with the Texans, and then the other first round rookie quarterbacks, uh, besides Trey Lance, who've all started. And only Mac Jones has looked good out of the rookie quarterbacks. And so last year we had the rookies like Burrow and Herbert both playing at a pretty high level. But this year, none of the rookies really have been playing that well so it's a combination of all of that and then some inconsistencies uh between Rodgers you know being awful week one but pretty good since then um Brady having some down weeks both times he's played the Saints and against Washington and and just other quarterbacks like that that have been too inconsistent against different types of defenses this year and stuff like that
0: yeah do you think I mean if you had to make a prediction right now would you expect the quarterback play to continue at this mediocre level next season or are you kind of like expecting a jump again
1: yeah I think I think there should be a jump next season uh because you know this was kind of a season for defenses to adjust to all the explosive offense that we saw last year uh you know the the too high uh defense has talk has kind of been beaten to death but it's a contributing factor um and you know it's Offenses are really good to adjust next year. Um, We've we've already seen the Chiefs kind of do it. You know, Mahomes is taking more of the underneath stuff when the defense is giving him that and uh, they're starting to run the ball a little bit better, which is like a counter to the light boxes that they're seeing and stuff like that. So I do think the offensive play should take a jump next season. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully, and gosh, one of the first times I'm actually the only time I met in person. I asked him why he doesn't like college football as much, and that was his answer: of yeah. like, why would I watch college football if I can watch the NFL? Mm-hmm. So backing that up there, uh, kind of going into this podcast, what I really want to do is just talk about the quarterback movement that we could expect to see this off season mostly because I think there's some quarterbacks that want to get paid. I want to talk about what you think they should be paid or what their value is. And then just talk about these teams that do have quarterbacks that are like question marks, you know, do they stick with them? Do they try to draft a quarterback next season or do they try to trade for someone already in the league? It's interesting. Cause I feel like this past offseason, this was a big story too, right? The whole quarterback movement. And then we're moving on and it's still kind of like the same thing. It's still the narrative that, is sticking with NFL. So here we are with the first list of five to six ish teams. I kind of just want to do like a speed round. I'm going to give you a team. You tell me if they stick with their current quarterback, they draft one, or if they try to trade for someone and who potentially they might go after. I want to start <laughs> Well, you're going to start with the Lions. (laughs) I got to decide if I wanted to put them first or last. This is, okay, of course, I know this about Tage. Some people, after you look up his Twitter, might know this about Tage. He is a Lions fan, for better or for worse. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm interested to see your take on what this team should do at that quarterback position moving forward. So, Jared Goff, what do they do?
1: Well, next year, they're stuck with him because he's due a $30 million dead cap hit. So he will be the Lions starter next season. Uh, after that, you know, I, I hope they can draft a quarterback in next year's draft class. Uh, you know, we know that this year's quarterback draft class is weaker compared to other classes that we've seen uh, in regards to the draft. So they probably won't take one with, you know, whatever top five pick they have. They could take a quarterback with the, uh, their second first-round pick, the one that they got from the Rams. But, you know, it's, it's not a quarterback class that I think would get anyone excited if they were to bring in a rookie. So stick with Jared Goff, look in the 2023 draft, and try to take a quarterback there when, when the class is a little bit better.
0: Nice. Great. Um, <laughs> sometimes, uh, Tej will send me stuff on Twitter about how I should not feel bad about being a Seahawks fan because I could be a Lions fan. So, <laughs> sympathy, for you there? Uh, moving on, the Panthers currently Cam Newton. What do they do? Uh,
1: you know, so again, they they picked up their fifth year option for Darnold, so he's gonna he's probably gonna be on their roster next season. But unlike the Lions, they should actually not like play him next year. Um, they they they're one of the teams where they're set up enough where I think they have some good weapons. And a good defense where like the burden doesn't have to be on the quarterback's shoulders, where they actually can look into taking one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft, just because they know that that quarterback won't have to do everything for them. Like, you kind of just have to keep the wheels on the track and they can be a pretty good team. So yeah, they should they should look for the, the 2022 draft and, and take a quarterback there.
0: Okay. Next, we have the Washington football team. Are they ever gonna get a different team name? <laughs> Are they <laughs> always gonna be the Washington football team? I,
1: I think, I think since they made the playoffs their first season with that name, they're like, all right, this is a good luck name. We're gonna keep it. We have from to now on.
0: <laughs> okay, Heineke, what do they do? Uh
1: I, I I think I think they're gonna ride out one more year of Heineke. Um, you know, he's he's inconsistent and his arm isn't great, but he moves well in the pocket, and if their defense plays at the top five level they expect it to be, he can kind of just, like, feed McLaurin and, and they can have, like, a fine offense. Um, but if not, again, they can, they're one of the teams that can look into the draft, take, like, a Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett or, or someone um, and, and make sure their offensive line is good to, to support that.
0: Okay. Next we have Denver. What do they do? They have Teddy.
1: Yeah. Okay. So my friend uh, Joe at the Mile High Report isn't going to like that I'm saying this, but I kind of want to see more of Drew Locke. Uh, he played. He played pretty well against the Raiders last week. He has the arm, um, and and they can, you know, they can just test it out with him, and he gives them a lot of variance. Like if he's bad, like a lot of people expect him to be, then they win four or five games, and they're picking at the top of the draft uh, to get like a Bryce Young or something in two years. Or if he's good, you know, with, with the weapons and the defense that you have, he can take you to the playoffs. But Denver should look to trade for Aaron Rodgers first. If they can't, then go for, go for Drew Locke.
0: Okay. The Aaron Rodgers plug there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next we have New Orleans. Jason, uh, or Jameis. Or, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think if I had to put money on it, I think Russell Wilson is the New Orleans starter. week one starter next season (laughs) Um, oh no (laughs) yeah I you know it it just seems like it's headed that way they have a good offensive line which you know he could kind of stand back there like he does like to do um and then you know how could you pass up playing with Sean Payton with as good of a play caller as he is but if not I would say stick with Jameis I think the Saints uh numbers wise they had a top 10 passing attack with Jameis and that's without like a true wide receiver one so if they get Michael Thomas back, uh, Alvin Kamara stays healthier. They can have a pretty good passing attack um, with Jameis there. And, you know, he, he kind of became uh, less aggressive this season. You know, he's throwing far less interceptions than he did in Tampa. They have a great screen game that they scheme up and stuff like that that can help him. So if they can't get Russell Wilson, stick with Jameis, I think.
0: The disrespect. <laughs> no, I think, okay, while we're here... A lot of people in Seattle, I feel like, are talking like it's one or the other, right? You either get rid of Pete Carroll and all coaching staff, or you get rid of Russell Wilson, but could we be looking at a scenario where, like, Seattle literally just gets rid of everyone mm-hmm. and completely, like, clears house and restarts? from Oh,
1: definitely, yeah, because it, it seems like it's the end of the era that we've seen the last 10 years of Seahawks football, where it's Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, and one has the offense, one has the defense, and now, now both sides of the ball aren't good, right? <laughs> So you could you could just get rid of both and um, and kind of, yeah, start over there in Seattle because it, it seems like they're headed that direction.
0: Tragic. Not really t- <laughs> anything we were talking about. So moving <laughs> on. Uh, we have the Texans. What do they do? Do they stick with Mills?
1: Yeah, I do think they stick with Mills. Uh, he played really well against the Chargers last week. Um, and then, you know, he's, he's done enough where I think you can play him and figure out the rest of your roster and he's not going to be like, catastrophic enough where you don't know if your wide receivers are good or you don't know if your offensive line is good like he can he can kind of do well with some development and stuff like that but he's not going to be a long-term starter in this league yeah
0: okay and then I was going to bring up teams like Green Bay and Seattle you already said where their quarterbacks could potentially be going if that happens what does Green Bay do and what does Seattle do
1: yeah well I think I think Rogers is going to stay in Green Bay uh, you know, it's it's just too good of an opportunity for him to pass up. He gets to throw to the best receiver in football. LaFleur is like a tremendous play caller. Like the ways that they've been beating different defenses thrown at them this year has been really impressive and stuff like that. And then, you know, he has a good offensive line and a pretty good defense and stuff. But if he does decide to leave and go to like a Denver or a Pittsburgh or something like that, uh, Green Bay has to play Jordan Love at that point. Uh, They've invested too much in him uh, to not play him, you know, with the first round pick and making Aaron Rodgers leave because of that pick. So, uh, you know, and I think I think love would be fine because, again, like what I mentioned, like it's a great supporting cast and you have a great play caller. And, um, you know, he just has to clean some things up, inconsistencies and stuff like that. And he could be like an average level quarterback.
0: I know I read somewhere recently that like Aaron Rodgers said he's not gonna take long after the season's over to decide his future. And I feel like that's totally him hinting at the fact that like I'm gonna stay. Right. Mm, it's not gonna take long yeah. because why the heck would I leave one of the like perfect situations in the NFL? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: And then what does Seattle do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that- <laughs> is
0: this their first round or second round pick? Uh No, they couldn't. They literally couldn't. They don't have any picks in the draft and nothing to offer. Maybe Bobby Wagner wants out. I don't know what you could do with him, but what does Seattle do?
1: Seattle's probably just going to have to sign a journeyman like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Cam Newton or something and just like tank for a year. Uh, and, And, you know, just just get some draft picks or something, because, yeah, they're they're at a really tough spot right now where they kind of went all in with the Jamal Adams trade. And then it, it hasn't worked out the way that they wanted it to. Uh-huh.
0: The last Sunday I tweeted that my Twitter was going to be a Louis Stan account now because I'm like, i <laughs> about the Seahawks. And I <laughs> said it will for sure be that there will be no Seahawks content on my Twitter. Yeah. That's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now that we got those teams out of the way, I do want to move on to a couple divisions. The first one I think is really interesting, just because there's two quarterbacks here that need to get paid. We have one quarterback who's about to retire, which literally I feel like no one should be surprised. But when the news broke, everyone was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Um, And and then we have another quarterback who has kind of proved like everyone wrong. Well, everyone, mostly me and some others. (laughs) But this is going to be the AFC North if you have a guest by now. Yeah. Let's start with the team whose quarterback is set to retire. Right. So Ben Roethlisberger he's hinted that this is probably going to be his last season. One, is anyone actually surprised? Were you surprised by this?
1: I thought, I thought last season should have been his final season in the NFL. I was even surprised that he made it out this year to play for the Steelers. So. Yeah, not surprised at all.
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Gosh, I can't remember because again, I haven't podcasted for a long time. But I want to say it was like a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. They were, No, it was last week uh they were trying to go down the field to score again basically to win or tie the game and they needed basically like a 40-yard bomb from Ben Roethlisberger to do it <laughs> and it sounded like the announcers were insinuating like he might be able to pull it off and I was like we all know he can't throw the ball more than five yards. <laughs> he's not gonna be able to pull this off <laughs> um but what did the Steelers do next year
1: yeah, so I've uh, I've already started looking towards mock drafts because Lions fan, and that's what we do in December. Um, and so a mock that I've seen a lot is Kenny Pickett to the Steelers, um, since they'll be picking around like you know the twenty pick range. They like they might sneak into the playoffs, but probably not after last week. So they'll they'll be picking like you know middle of the first round, and like Kenny Pickett, you know he's he's going to Pittsburgh right now. Um, you know he's so he's hometown guy, and like. I think that'll be a very popular mock draft pick. Whether the Steelers actually do it or not will be interesting. But if a rookie quarterback gets put in that situation, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good, especially if they, they bring Juju back, like you're throwing to some really good wide receivers. And Najee Harris is, is pretty good outside of uh, being a pass catcher and stuff like that. And so I, I, think, I think they would be fine if they brought in a rookie quarterback. And like Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Like what they did last week or two weeks ago when they went down big to the Vikings in the first half and he still rallied the team to come back and like score all those points unanswered. And it came down to the final play of the game. Like he's, he's a great coach and like, you can really tell the players like to play for him. So I think, I think they would be able to figure it out if they draft a quarterback in, in this year's draft.
0: Okay. That's fair take. Uh, but the AFC North is so weird right mm-hmm. now because it's like the Steelers could potentially win the division or they could potentially not make the playoffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's literally the situation for all of these teams. So interesting to analyze as you like move forward and think about like draft position and stuff like that. Uh, but let's move on to a couple of the teams that have quarterbacks that are set to get paid this off season, you know, two. So we have Josh Allen, Baker and then Lamar all three of them were set to have contract like basically a new contract this season and only one of them has gotten it done so far so Josh Allen kudos to him but we have Baker and Lamar both of whom are in the same division waiting to get paid still negotiating those deals let's talk about Lamar first how much money is Lamar Jackson worth slash should he get paid because I would say of the two Lamar is Baker I'm just not even sure I would stick with him if I'm in Cleveland Mm -hmm. right but Lamar it feels like yes you want him to be your quarterback moving forward how much do you pay him or do you disagree which I would be surprised if you do
1: no I yeah I I I would want Lamar to be my quarterback moving forward um the the interesting thing about Lamar is like we've seen his ceiling kind of in his MVP season where he was just like scorched earth on the rest of the NFL like no one was stopping him in the regular season that year uh, until they got to the playoffs. But, you know, as, as much as I like Lamar, I think I also have to admit that he hasn't been elite these past two seasons since that MVP season. Um, he's ranked 16th in EPA per play since 2020. Uh, you know, they, they don't have great weapons for him to throw to on that offense, but he hasn't been an accurate passer. And he just he just misses too many throws um to really put him in like the elite like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes category right now. So, I I really think that they should base Lamar's contract off what the Titans gave Tannehill after he broke out in the 2019 season where it doesn't reset the market like we've seen like Kirk Cousins's contract or Derek Carr's contract do, but it's like, you know, it's 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 25 to 30 million dollars that makes him around like the 10th or highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And I think that'd be fair just for like three more years as you evaluate the rest of your roster with Lamar, because the Ravens were really smart, right? With Lamar's rookie contract, he was picked at the end of the first round and he wasn't being paid that much. So they put a ton of cap into their defense uh, and they paid like the, the highest cap hit um, of any team towards defensive players. And so that way they were able to have a really good defense while Lamar was on his rookie contract. You pay him, you pay him, Uh, like $35, $40 million. And all of a sudden you're not able to do that. So I would give him a little bit less than that. So you can still, you know, pay your defense and go after like a free agent wide receiver or something to help him and just kind of evaluate him for the next three years on that roster and see if he can actually take you to a super bowl.
0: Okay. If so, then he would be making less than Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. If we're going on that, let's talk about Baker. (laughs) Should he, what does Cleveland do? I mean, would you stick with Baker for the next four years? And if so, how much are you paying him?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the Baker Mayfield like decision is like one of the toughest things that any franchise has ever had to make because it's the Browns when they haven't had a franchise quarterback for so long. Like, you know, like they, they've like basically never had one, at least in my lifetime where like. You can really get behind someone. And so then Baker comes along and last year he played well, like, you know, that offense was, was really good. And he ranked uh, 11th in EPA per play. And like that, that might've been his ceiling. And then this year we're seeing his floor as a quarterback where he's playing injured. Um, you know, he doesn't really have real weapons and Stefanski doesn't have as much of an edge as he did last year as a play caller. And Baker's just been awful this year. Um, so I, I think I think it's it's going to be a tough decision. I think what they'll do is they'll evaluate him next year on a fifth year option, and then after that they'll give him a one or two year contract, and it, it'll just be you know getting some more pieces around him or changing up things and seeing how he's going to do in a in a different situation. Because what they have right now with um with the lack of a true wide receiver one isn't working for Baker. So uh, I but I do think they'll they'll have him on their roster at least for the next two years.
0: <laughs> when you brought up the lack of a wide receiver would all I could think of was OBJ's dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
1: yeah, four touchdowns in five games. He's the real winner out of out of everything that's happened this season.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um I think you bring up a good point though, because Gosh, last week, someone told me they would be surprised if Baker Mayfield has a starting job in the NFL next season. And I just laughed because I was like, that is probably like one of the dumbest takes I've ever heard. (laughs) But it really is not fair to evaluate him based on like what we're seeing this season. And you have to also think about like he's injured and like everything around him, Mm -hmm. but really taking into account what he did this season before, right? We've definitely seen his seeds, like his ceiling. So I wouldn't say he's terrible um -hmm. but there's potential there it just he's not as bad as people make it seem but he's also not great so (laughs) (laughs) and then we have baby arnborough (laughs) (laughs) as we refer to him here on this podcast but is he good like has this been confirmed as of the season, I feel like he has 100% proved me wrong. I will like eat my words at this point. What are your thoughts on Joe Burrow?
1: Yeah, so I've I've ha- I had a lot of priors about Joe Burrow. Um, you know, I you, you mentioned the arm as a joke, but like it's actually true. Like his arm talent isn't like you know of a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert or anything, and I think that might limit his ceiling a little bit. But he's so good at everything else, where it might actually not matter in the long run. Um, he's, he's like insanely accurate. Like he's, he's easily the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. And like that really helps their weapons look good uh, with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins um, and then Tyler Boyd where it looks like, you know, he's placing these accurate throws where it's hitting them in stride and that increases their yards after catch ability. So that really opens up the offense. Um, And, you know, I I mentioned those guys and I think it's it's fair to mention that Burrow has a better supporting cast than most young quarterbacks right now. So that's that's also contributing to his success. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's a good straight up passer. I still think he takes too many sacks. And that's just something that, you know, Cincinnati's going to have to deal with. It might come at like bad times on like a third down that takes them out of field goal range and stuff like that, like he did in that Packers game at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I think Cincinnati can feel pretty good about where he's headed. I'm really interested to see, you know, when he gets that big contract, how the rest of the team holds up. Um, because, you know, Cincinnati's known to be notoriously cheap as a franchise. So it'll be interesting to see once he gets off that rookie contract, and they don't have all the money to have like the top 10 defense and top 10 supporting cast that they have around him um, um how he's able to play and stuff like that
0: so if you're gonna we're just gonna throw pittsburgh away because we're not gonna include ben in this because frankly he's not gonna be there next season if you're gonna rank the the other three so lamar mm-hmm. baker and then burrow is baker your the bottom of that t- list
1: Yeah, I think I think Baker would be like widely considered the bottom of that list. And then there's a debate amongst the top two.
0: But yeah, who would be your top?
1: I would I would I would still take Lamar. I think I think his ceiling is just too high where you can't, you know, you can't bet against him getting back to that that level of play again.
0: Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Say like seeing Cincinnati be good, (laughs) 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 like watching them win games. I'm just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <There's hope. laughs> uh, okay, let's, do you have any final thoughts about the AFC North quarterbacks?
1: Um, I, yeah, I think I think it'll just be, it'll come down to, you know, what different organizations' philosophies are. Like, we know the, the Ravens are a super smart organization, super invest in analytics. So whatever they do with Lamar will show, like, what they think of the quarterback position and maybe how it's affected by supporting cast, which is something I've mentioned a lot. Browns are the same way where super analy- analytically driven and then the Bengals are kind of the opposite where they're more old school. So whatever contracts each of those three quarterbacks get will kind of be like showing the dis- different philosophies of like NFL teams right now.
0: It's really interesting. I think Lamar specifically, because if you were to ask me like a year ago, mm-hmm. I would think Lamar is going to be one of those quarterbacks who, you know, would like reset the market, right? Mm-hmm. Just like record breaking deal. And then, kind of looking at it now, it's just kind of like, oh, wait, maybe not. So yeah. we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, I want to move on to another division that features uh, my least favorite quarterback at this point in time. And I think one like, of your least favorite quarterbacks at this point in time. <laughs> so it be perfect. Uh, let's talk about the NFC West. <laughs> Going into the season, one of the biggest things that I talked about on this podcast was just how there was going to be great quarterback play in this division specifically Uh, with, you know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, and then potentially Jimmy G. And kind of, it's just been not that great. Other than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has been really, really fun to watch, right? Rank the NFC West quarterbacks for me right now.
1: (laughs) This is is so tough, but... (laughs) My rankings are uh, (laughs) Kyler. Kyler is number one. I think he's been exceptional this year, except for like the past two weeks where they've lost DeAndre Hopkins, which I don't think is being talked about enough. Like he's like, he's still like a really good wide receiver, uh, even if maybe he hasn't lived up to like full expectations in Arizona. But it's clear that like the gravity he has on defenses uh, compared to when he's not playing with how their offense has played the last last two weeks. Um, and then, and then Russell Wilson's still second for me, I think he's just kind of checked out in Seattle right now. It's been a weird season where, you know, he hurt his finger and, um, and, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't played well since coming back from injury, but he was fine before the injury and he's still going to be consistent enough where I think you can believe in him as a franchise quarterback. Then Stafford is third, um you know, he's, he's just wildly inconsistent when he's on, he's like, he plays like a top five quarterback when he's off, he plays like, you know, a bottom 10 quarterback and he's just been off too many times this season um, and stuff like that. And then I think everyone would, would agree that Jimmy Garoppolo is fourth out of those, out of those four. Uh, And then I have no idea where Trey Lance is right now. Um, I guess we'll find out this Sunday if he plays, but yeah it'll it'll be really interesting to see like why he hasn't played more and like he's you know what, you know it, especially considering the resources that they use to to go up and trade for him
0: okay I want to talk about gosh there's a lot of content now to talk about first, let's start with Russell Wilson in Seattle, so you would say he is just checked out right now like he doesn't that that's why we're seeing what we're seeing basically yeah.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I think it's just, you know, after uh, last season where, I mean, the first eight weeks of last season was some of the best quarterback play that, like, we've we've seen. Um, you know, it, it actually looked like he was going to get his MVP vote that he's longed for for so long. But it, it was just when when he played the Rams uh, three times in his last nine games uh, in, in the 2020 season, you know, I think, I think it kind of just ruined something with him and the Seahawks. Because he got hit or sacked so many times in those games, I think it just beat up his body at the end of the day, and that's why he like complained over the off season and asked for like a revamped offensive line, which Seattle didn't really do. And then he kind of just like you know checked out uh, post finger injury, um, you know, knowing that he wasn't going to be in Seattle next season or something like that.
0: See, the interesting thing to me about Russell Wilson is that. God, I swear it was literally like two, maybe three weeks ago. He said, I'm staying in Seattle, right? Mm -hmm. And just because it was a huge thing of, is Russell Wilson going to leave? Right. The whole thing that it's been a conversation for the past three seasons, it feels like. And he came and he basically shut down the rumors, was like, no, I want to stay in Seattle. But anyone outside could see why Russell Wilson would not want to stay in Seattle, Mm -hmm. So a part of me is just like, why would he keep saying this? You know, but that's just me questioning him as a fan. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me at that point, but I don't know. What, what do you think? Right. Like you literally opened the podcast by saying you think he's going to be in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I do think, I do think he'll be, he'll be traded this off season uh, just because Seattle is going to, you know, kind of look to go in a different direction. Uh, just, you know, it, 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 it just hasn't been working uh, the past, what, like, what is it now? Eight The last eight weeks of last season and then 14 weeks of this season, 22 weeks or 23 weeks or whatever that he's played for them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems like it's something needs to change there. Um, if, if, you know, if he's like, oh, I just need Pete Carroll gone and, like, I'll start playing, I'll start get back to, like, normal Russ. I think Seattle would do that for him, and he could stay there. But yeah, it just just feels like it's like the end of the era of Seahawks football. Like I said earlier, can
0: you just imagine like a Seahawks team without Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner? You know what's crazy is Jamal Adams will still probably be there though. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, quick question before we move on. So I am in the midst of making a bet with someone. I think Russell Wilson. Leave Seattle and has a comeback season, if mm-hmm. you will. We're trying to define what a comeback season consists of. What do you think is a fair, like, expectation to sit for or to set for him next season? Probably not like an M- MVP, like, right? A little mm-hmm. lower than that. But what are some, like, ex- realistic expectations we could have for Russ next season somewhere else?
1: Yeah. So, I think, I think it's interesting because like Carson Wentz is kind of having a comeback season right now, because last year he was like basically the worst quarterback in football. Like he was awful. And then now he's like, you know, again, he's, he's an inconsistent quarterback, but like all things considered, he's been like average to above average as, as a quarterback. And so like, that's like a comeback season for him where like, he's moving up like, uh, 10 to 14 spots in the quarterback rankings. So then we have Russell Wilson, who's like been average to below average this season. So if he gets back to that top seven, top five level next season, uh, I think I think that would be considered a comeback season for him.
0: OK, that's fair. Here's my question. While you bring up Carson Wentz, right? So they play Las Vegas this weekend. Carson, wait, actually, can he play now since the NFL just changed their COVID rules?
1: I think they said that they'll have to decide like the day of to see if he's going to play the game. Okay.
0: Interesting. But do you think the outcome of this game changes whether or not Carson Wentz is playing?
1: The outcome of the... Of the Las Vegas?
0: Because I would say it doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the Colts. I still think that they would probably win this game. Do you think they win with Carson Wentz and lose without him type thing?
1: Uh I don't know. I don't know if they lose without him, but I do think their offense takes a hit because he's had a good connection with Michael Pittman this year where it's like, Oh, run deep and I'll underthrow it to you. And like, we'll get defensive pass interference. And like, that's been like a 50 yard play for them once a game, each game this season. So I think, I think Ellinger won't be able to do that as well as Wentz. Um, and then Wentz like made like a tremendous throw rolling to his left against the Cardinals for the, like the touchdown that put them ahead, two scores that basically sealed the game. So like, he still has that in him and like, Ellinger probably doesn't. So I, I do think their offense takes a hit, but they probably still win the game uh, without Wentz.
0: See, the Wentz to Michael Pittman Jr. connection, you know, the like defensive pass interference calls that we see are so frustrating for me as a Michael Pittman Jr. fantasy football owner <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just like... I wish, like, imagine a fantasy football league where the plays that you like draw as an offensive weapon and/or quarterback like count for you, right? So a fifty-yard penalty would be a fifty-yard catch.
1: Mm -hmm. I've always thought that, That like, but that would be dope. (laughs) Yeah, I've always thought that the the wide receiver should get the yards for defensive pass interference. They might if it's a PPR league, like they don't have to get the catch because they like didn't catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Like they should at least get the yards counted towards their points. I can't believe that's not like a thing. It's so weird.
0: I know. Can you make it a thing? Someone make it a thing. Literally, yeah. Someone,
1: yeah. Someone should make it a thing. Yeah. So a thing.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, someone who has like the skills that to do that because it's not me. What um, <laughs> uh, we're talking? Oh, moving on. So Russell Wilson. Yes. Let's say I'm keeping this all in my head. So I can make that bet with this person. So we have Russell Wilson. Uh, let's talk about, oh, the 49ers. Okay, so Jimmy G, Trey Lance, what do they do next season?
1: Yeah, I think, I think this is it for Jimmy G, um, especially since you had John Lynch liking the, the tweet about leaving Jimmy G in Nashville after that Titans game. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's clear that the 49ers wanted him for this season because they knew how like raw of a prospect Trey Lance was. And like, it was, it was like working for them for like the past like six weeks, like with Jimmy G and like, they just have so many good weapons on offense when they're all healthy between Debo Samuel being like super versatile uh, George Kittle, you know, being like this, you know, either the first or the second best tight end in football, wherever you fall on that. Brandon Ayuk is a good weapon, and then Kyle Juszczyk allows them to do a lot of things in the run game. So, like, Jimmy G was, was able to keep the train on the tracks for the 49ers, um, you know, for the while they were on their winning streak. And then he had the, the island primetime game where everyone's watching, and he just blew up against the Titans, um, throwing those really weird interceptions and missing a lot of open receivers and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's clear that I think Trey Lance will be the week one starter for the next year. But if, Jim, if Jimmy G's healthy, he'll finish out the season with them um, just because they, they, they trust him more right now to run their offense.
0: Right. This is, I told, I've told i told you before, but for everyone else listening, uh, my roommate and I find it really funny that the, just like any commentator of a 49ers game will talk about how, like the off season must've been so hard for Jimmy G, <laughs> not knowing whether or not he would be starting or if it would be Trey Lance. And, you know, the narrative has kind of continued throughout the whole season, but it you know, it, it's probably about time. Also, it's crazy what people find on social media. <laughs> <laughs> right, like to go and look at someone's likes tweets and then see that. Um, so where does Jimmy G go from here? Do you think he'll be a starter in the NFL next season?
1: Yeah, I do. I do think he will. Um, so, you know, because so like the thing about Jimmy G is he's not like great, but he has a quick release. And like if you're scheming receivers wide open, like Kyle Shanahan does, like he'll he'll hit them most of the time. Um, he just he, he just misses some dumb throws and and stuff like that. So I think I think I could see Jimmy G, um, you know, being a backup one season somewhere for like a team that doesn't really trust their their starting quarterback. So like that could be in um, in Carolina where like he's backing up, you know, whoever, whoever they are. Or if like the Bills decide that they don't want Trubisky anymore, like he could go there, like just somewhere. Where, well, they, I mean, they trust him, but like they, they obviously wanted Trubisky uh, and, and stuff like that to, to back up Josh Allen if they needed to. So I could, I could see him backing up, uh, you know, just, just some quarterback somewhere. I've, I've no idea where it'll be.
0: Could you see him starting in Seattle?
1: Oh my God. That would be crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. Moving on from the 49ers, let's just talk about Matt Stafford for a little bit. For no reason, because I'm sure he'll be the quarterback in l a next year, but let's just talk about kind of what's going on with Matt Stafford this season, because there are some games that I watch him, and I'm like, "Wow, Matt Stafford is really good. I can't believe the Lions didn't win more games with him." <laughs> and then there are some games that I watch, and I'm like, "Oh, it makes sense that the Lions didn't win as many games with him. <laughs> so what what are how do you feel about Matt Stafford?
1: Um, so I, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this topic, but, uh, so I, I thought, I thought that Stafford was like the MVP of the league, the first eight weeks of the season, uh, he was, you know, he was on fire those games. He was like barely missing throws, barely throwing interceptions. Like, um, you know, just, he was going through all his progressions really well, which is what Goff had trouble with. Like when the first read wasn't open, Stafford was using his eyes well to look off defenders, um, looking for the check down, which is, like, something that Goff never did, uh, if, you know, if, if something went off script for him and stuff like that. But, like, I was under the impression that McVeigh was going to take Stafford and put him into the offense that they were running beforehand, which was a lot of the under-center uh, play-action stuff. And, like, the Rams would have, like, you know, the, the fifth-best offense in the NFL and stuff like that, Because just because it's a lot of intermediate throws and stuff. But McVay like wanted to go super explosive and have like the best offense in the NFL, which is what they had the first half of the season um, where they were in shotgun a lot and they were throwing deep like often and stuff like that. And eventually like the tendencies just got figured out. Like it was, it was clear, like what kinds of plays they were running on third and short, third and medium and stuff like that. And Steven Ruiz at the Ringer wrote like an article about this where he's like if I'm able to figure out which plays the Rams are going to run like I bet defensive coordinators have have figured this out too so it was it's the combination of you know stuff not being as easy for them anymore so then Stafford starts to press a little and he just makes the dumbest decisions that like we've seen from a starting quarterback and something that like uh you know a 13-year veteran should not be making in the NFL where he's, you know, is the interception against the Titans where he's getting thrown backwards and he still like tries to pass the ball forward anyways, and it gets picked off or the interception against the Vikings last week where it's like the same thing where he got like turned around in the pocket and he still throws it and it's almost another pick six and, and stuff like that. So it's just a lot of him knowing that the offense isn't as easy to run as it was before so he has to try to do too much. And he tried to do that in Detroit a lot where he like, he thought like he had to do everything himself. And then it it, it becomes this really bad, frustrating product where the only success they get on offense is throwing the, the Cooper cup and then nothing else.
0: <laughs> is Matt Stafford an upgrade from Jared Goff?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he is, it, it's pretty clear he's upgrade just because, you know, it, it, he doesn't like golf, golf had all his issues last year where under pressure, he's like, he would fumble the ball a lot or like, you know, you take dumb sacks and stuff like that. And, and Stafford doesn't do that as often, but Stafford still does enough dumb things where it's still probably not what McVay and the Rams wanted when they traded for him.
0: Yeah. Um, what are your expectations of Matt Stafford going forward? Know, like- yeah,
1: so even though he's played poorly since like week nine, I still think that their offense has too much talent where they, they like have to play well eventually, like they did against the Cardinals game or the Cardinals, the Monday night game uh, where, where everything was clicking on all cylinders. But like other than that, it hasn't. I think I think he's like kind of stuck at like where a lot of people said he was. And I didn't really believe it because I, I had the rose colored glasses on. Uh, where he's like he's stuck at like you know just like the the twelfth best quarterback in the league um, and when he's playing well he'll he'll give you a top five offense when he's not playing well, you know you have like a bottom ten offense and stuff like that and it's just he's just really inconsistent, pretty inaccurate, but he still has that arm where he'll make throws that like only like five people on the planet can make. Nice
0: okay wow think we oh we did talk about Kyler Murray I don't think we really need to talk about Kyler Murray do you want to talk about Kyler Murray
1: yeah I'll just I'll just mention that I thought Kyler was was really really good before his injury and like this is what Cliff Kingbury's offenses do every single year so I don't think it's as much of Kyler's fault as maybe people are gonna are gonna say it is and I I think he might play well against the Cowboys defense this week I don't know it'll be really interesting to see how he does against that pass rush uh Without, you know, Hopkins and stuff like that.
0: Is Hopkins out for sure?
1: I think they said he can come back, like, if they make, like, a deep playoff run, like, NFC Championship, Super Bowl type thing.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> in one of my fantasy leagues, I have DeAndre Hopkins, and that fantasy league is the one that I absolutely suck in. And I haven't, like, changed <laughs> my roster for the past four weeks. So, I literally had, like, DeAndre Hopkins is definitely starting in that roster. <laughs> Since he's <been> in <laughs> love that for me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's move on. I want to end the podcast by just having a fun MVP discussion. And it's a good thing we talked about Matt Stafford before this, because he's probably not going to come up. (laughs) Um, But the last podcast I recorded, actually, I'm pretty sure I talked about like MVP odds with Jackson and it's kind of fun seeing how it's like changed now because at that time, Kyler Murray was definitely a favorite. Josh Allen was a favorite. Tom Brady was not. Eric Rogers was not. And Patrick Mahomes was like not even mentioned really. Like we talked about Derek Henry. (laughs) We talked about Patrick Mahomes (laughs) during that question. Okay. So if you had to cast your vote for MVP this season, up until like you're not going to see week 17 not going to see week 18 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who would your MVP be and why
1: I think it would be Aaron Rodgers uh because when when Aaron each quarterback has had you know at least one bad game this season like really really bad game and like Rodgers had his week one and then he's only been good since then and like some of the throws he makes like the one down the right sideline to Lazard uh, last week against the Browns, like only Aaron Rodgers can make that throw. Like there's, there's no one else that can do it. And like, he's just playing at such a high level right now. He's playing, you know, on the team that'll get the number one seed in the NFC. So I think, I think the narrative is there. And like the thing about Rodgers was he wasn't playing well uh, the last couple of years of the McCarthy era. Like, he wasn't as well as, you know, he was when he went to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. Like, he was still a good quarterback, just not elite. So then last season, he, like, it's like his comeback season, right, that we've talked about, where, like, he goes from being, like, the eighth best quarterback to the best in the league. And so you're like, okay, one season of Aaron Rodgers playing at a really high level, let's see if he can do it again next season in this offense again. And then he does it again, and, like, he's doing just as good of a job as he did last season. So I think, I think that's why I would give him the MVP right now. He's clearly the most valuable to his team. Like we saw what, what the Packers offense looked like without love or with love uh, against the, uh, the chiefs where they put up seven points. So like Rogers, Rogers, is he can, he just, he just provides value that no one else provides.
0: Yeah. That's a fair take. Um, I think one thing I want to bring up before I, I, bring up this take is that I think the MVP vote is all about a narrative, right? Mm -hmm. You talked about Aaron Rodgers, like it's there for him. I brought this up to you in a personal like discussion and then you seem to not really like it, but I think the (laughs) narrative is totally there for Patrick Mahomes. Like, do you completely disagree with that? Yeah, I do. They started three and four, right? People were talking about Kansas City as if they were like done, you know, like this is the drop off that we're seeing and then they go, they win three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight, okay, and they're now in the probably going to be the one seed in the AFC. You don't think the narrative is there for Mahomes?
1: I just don't see it because the reason they were three and four was partly because of him at the beginning (laughs) of the season, right? (laughs) Well, it was
0: mostly because of him, but, like, we don't need Well, and their
1: defense. defense And their defense, yeah. Terrible.
0: Uh, But, okay. And then,
1: like, the beginning of their winning streak, he still wasn't playing that well. Like they won because of their defense. Like that game I just mentioned, they beat the Packers 13 to 7. Yeah. <laughs> so, like like they like Mahomes did not beat the Packers by himself, right? So like and then like when they played the Cowboys in that other big game, like he didn't he only he scored two touchdowns on the opening drive and like their offense didn't do much the rest of the game and like it was their defense. I was like shutting down the Cowboys in that game. So yeah, I just I just don't see the narrative there for him unless like Aaron Rodgers like Completely like wipes out these last two weeks of the season and like loses the one seed or something like that, then maybe I could see Mahomes jumping in there.
0: <laughs> well, I think before Mahomes would probably be Brady,
1: yeah, or or Josh Allen, even at this point,
0: uh, but. Part of the reason I really want to sell this Mahomes thing is because after week seven, I think that's when Jackson and I recorded the podcast and we brought up the MVP discussion. And I said if I was a betting woman, I would put my money on Mahomes because, mm-hmm. you know, like if they went up, blah, blah, blah. And it'd be cool to be right. I don't think it'd be right. I would have wasted a hundred dollars had I placed that bet. But <laughs> the payout could have been huge. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, it would have been a good bet. Like uh yeah expected value wise but yeah that's true it's probably not gonna happen but I don't know what, what were the odds at that time do you remember for him oh,
0: gosh. I don't even know I would have to go pull up the notes uh which would by the end of that this recording I'll have it and we'll bring it up so I don't remember but I know that he was like eight so yeah that dude, makes sense yeah um But, okay, we haven't talked about Tom Brady because he's definitely in the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. I think at this point it's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, and both of whom I don't necessarily love. (laughs) Like, I don't care to see either of them win. But make a case for Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, so I think think what Tom Brady has done in Tampa has been really (laughs) impressive. I was critical of him (laughs) his last couple years in New England. I thought that he checked the ball down a lot and like, that's like where a lot of their offensive production came from. And like, you know, their defense was really good. And like, that's why they were winning uh, so many playoff games and stuff like that. But like what he's done in Tampa has been really impressive. Like he's, he just has a super low time to throw and like a super high average depth of target, which is like, usually those things are correlated, like higher time to throw means higher, you know, average depth of target. But like he's he's kind of broken the system in Arians' like offensive philosophy where it's like, you know, be super aggressive with with your throws and stuff like that. And like, you know, he's he's been he's been lights out in basically every game except for like the two games against the Saints, where he's like turned the ball over a ton. So I think I think that's like kind of the thing that's gonna be holding him back. But like the throws that he made in the first half of that game against the Bills when it was like a nationally televised game where like some of the best quarterback play that's happened this season, uh, especially the one to Mike Evans in the end zone where like only Mike Evans could have gotten that ball. Um, you know, another one where he was under pressure and like he fit it perfectly down the sideline and, and stuff like that. So that would be my, my case for Brady winning MVP this season.
0: Okay. And then just considering the mediocre quarterback play, this season, if there was any like skilled position player who could be in the running to win MVP, who would you be making your case for?
1: I would be making my case for uh, both Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think I would put Jonathan Taylor ahead of Cooper Cup on my ballot. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that as an analytics You're Twitter totally member. <laughs> But I think I think it's, it's clear the effect that Jonathan Taylor has had on the Colts, uh, especially just because he, he's opened up their offense like their offensive line has been really good, but he's exceeded what he's been expected to with that offensive line. And then it's just clear that he's taken the burden off of Wentz's shoulders. Like when that run game wasn't good at the beginning of the season, uh, Wentz was taking like a ton of sacks. He was making like the dumb interceptions that we've seen him do before and stuff like that. And then, like, without Ta- – or with Taylor and that run game, like, really humming and being something to lean on, like, it's uh, – Wentz has been able to, like, kind of ease up a little bit and, and make better throws. And, like, Taylor is just – he in that, 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 like, run against New England could be, like, his, like, MVP moment where, like, he ran into a stacked box and, like, broke it off for, like, 75 yards to seal the deal like, against a Bill Belichick defense. Like, that's, like – that was just, like, a really special run that like only Taylor could have done this season.
0: Makes me sad. Cause we all know Derek Henry would totally be in this conversation. Mm-hmm. If he didn't get injured, but I like the cases also Patrick Mahomes odds after week seven. Were plus four thousand.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Wow,
0: eight other quarterbacks and Derek Henry. <laughs> so it would have been a fun bet to place. Um, yeah, would have that
1: would been, have been a great value bet. Yeah,
0: would have probably been a waste of $100, <laughs> been a hundred dollars. But okay, uh, I think my MVP vote would probably also go to Aaron Rodgers. As much mm-hmm. as that, like, I hate to say it, uh, it just, I don't know.
1: Do you think Justin Herbert should be in the conversation?
0: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, yes, because, but I would go back to, there's not like a ton of competition, right? Yeah. The quarterback play has been so like (laughs) poo-poo. But I for sure would say like, there's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and they're pretty level. And then I think there's a giant gap. And then like, you could talk about Justin Herbert if you want.
1: Yeah. So then you'd put, like, oh Alan, Herbert, um, Kyler, like, in that in that second tier, kind of. Sure. I agree with that, yeah. And
0: of that second tier, I would put Kyler Murray above the other two.
1: Mm-hmm. I think sense. so, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Justin Herbert is in the conversation? Or I mean, I,
1: he's he's no. not in the conversation, but, like, he he, I feel like he should be. Like, <laughs> I'm a really big Justin Herbert fan, uh, and I, he's just – he, he just does so many things that like you want out of a franchise quarterback. Like if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be so excited to like watch him every single Sunday. Cause like some of the throws he makes are just like insane. Like in that chiefs game, like the one where he was like under pressure in the, you know, in the red zone and like threw it to his right, you know, only, only like Herbert and like Mahomes and, you know, maybe a couple other guys can, can make that throw. So I think, I think he has such a high ceiling and like eventually he might be considered the, the best quarterback in the NFL, but not right now, just because he's had a couple of weird games this season where he's like laid an egg. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Justin Herbert or baby arm burrow.
1: <laughs> oh, I think it's Herbert easily. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would agree. Uh, let's move in to, to some final concluding questions and then we'll be done. <laughs> My first is I have Dak and Matt Stafford on my fantasy football team in the championship this weekend. Who should I start? Because Matt Stafford has absolutely sucked the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But then Dak was, like, iffy the two weeks before that. Like, I literally don't know who to start. Who would you start?
1: I I, I would start Dak because it seems like the Cowboys offense was really close to, like, putting it all together the previous couple of weeks. They just had, like, an untimely drop or, like, they would get, like, a holding call, like, when they were driving or something like that, and it would kill the drive. But, like, when they put it all together, like they did against Washington on Sunday night last week, like, it's, like, like really, really special. Like, Dak could put up, like, 30 points for you. uh, Much easier than I think Stafford could.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, we spent this whole podcast talking about quarterbacks. I'm interested, if you had to rank, like, the top five quarterbacks right now, who would it be?
1: Uh, going forward for like the next couple of years or like right now?
0: Like right now.
1: Okay. So I think I would go Rogers, Brady, uh, Allen, Herbert, and Kyler would be my top five.
0: Okay. What about going forward? Like for the next couple of years?
1: The next couple of years, um, Mahomes would be number one. Mahomes. Oh, if, if Mahomes would be six on that list I just gave, by okay. the way, because yeah, he's, he's, he's been so close, but like. He just hasn't been as good this year as, like, the other ones have been. Um, Mahomes would still be number one going forward. Uh, H- Herbert would be number two. Josh Allen would be number three. Um, Kyler would be four. And then, ooh, I don't know. Who should be, who should be fifth? Let me think. Who, who, who would you put? Who, am I missing anyone? Let me see.
0: Gosh, I mean. Dak?
1: I think I put Dak fifth. Gosh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think part of the question could be like, how much longer does Tom Brady play <laughs> in the league? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, and Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Or, like if we're talking next couple of years, like what does Russell Wilson do mm-hmm. in the next couple of years? It's weird, like going forward and making these lists. I mean, Lamar also
1: he could be up there, yeah. There.
0: It's weird going forward thinking about this because there's so many names that At the beginning of the season would have been no-brainer. I would put on the top five, Mm -hmm. right? Russell Wilson for sure would have been up there. (laughs) Now I'm just like big yikes, you know, big yikes. (laughs) Um, but okay, there's that. Lions and the Seahawks play this weekend. (laughs) And some people might think this is an automatic win for the Seahawks. Are you one of them? (laughs) Or do you think the Lions have a chance?
1: (laughs) I I actually I hate that I'm saying this because like I usually don't allow myself to like think the Lions are gonna win. But, like I, I think they have a chance in this game just because they keep every game close and like they find new ways to lose at the end of games. So, like this will probably be another one. But like I, I like would bet money that like in the fourth quarter with like five minutes to go, it's a one possession game where like the Lions are probably losing and they probably have the ball for like uh, an attempt at a game winning drive. But like it'll it'll be a close game because. Their defense plays hard and they play really well. And their offense like, does just enough to like, keep, keep the boat you know, afloat in these, in these types of games like they did against the Falcons last week. And they've done basically the whole season.
0: The Lions like to play close games. The Seahawks like to play close games. It's yeah, definitely <laughs> gonna be a close game.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> I hate. It's like at the beginning of the season, if I was looking at the schedule and I had to like circle five games that I thought would be automatic wins for the Seahawks, this would for sure have been one of them. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I 100 percent think the Lions could win this game, and I won't be surprised if it happens. Mm. I just yeah. like that. Uh, Let's finish off. I want you to tell the listeners what is one game they should absolutely be watching this weekend.
1: Oh, you have to watch Bengals Chiefs this weekend. Uh, It's the, it's the game I'm most excited to watch because like the Bengals are good. Like they're a good team. Like we don't know if they're legit or not. Like if they, you know, they're playing at home against probably the team that's playing the best right now in the NFL, um, given everything. So, like, if, if the Bengals keep this game close and, like, have a chance to win the game, like, maybe, you know, variance doesn't fall their way. Like, then I'll, I'll feel confident that, like, they're a legit contender in the playoff race or in the playoffs uh, when we get there and stuff like that. But if they just get the doors blown off them, then, like, the Bengals will kind of be, like, who, they, who we thought they were. We're, like, they're, like, a good team, but, like, they're not ready to compete for a Super Bowl right now.
0: Yeah, I would say that game also... I'm excited for the Cardinals and the Cowboys game. Mm-hmm. To see how both offenses uh play in that game and then we'll see. But baby Art Burrow and Patrick Mahomes is gonna be really fun as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with all that, they be- actually pick a winner. Pick a winner. Oh,
1: okay. I'll I'll take the Chiefs and I'll take the Cardinals to is it an upset over the Cowboys? I actually don't know what the line is, but I I, I think the Cardinals will figure it out eventually.
0: Uh, that would be an upset if the Cardinals oh
1: oh they oh wow they're five and a half hundred point underdogs okay I'm still taking the Cardinals <laughs> okay. to win that game yeah
0: all right well with that being said thank you so much for just taking time out of your morning to you know record this podcast it was really fun having you and when Patrick Mahomes wins MVP I'm just gonna rub it in your face for like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no thanks for having me on this was a lot of fun um, I'm glad I'm glad you're out of podcast mini retirement there a little bit. So, I'm I'm excited to listen the rest of this season.
0: I think people need to know that part of the reason I went on mini retirement is because I got a dog and he's a lot of work. So I'll <laughs>